Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, crypto. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us, and Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how it's time to close your accounts with PayPal after the company has reinstated their $2,500 fine for misinformation. Elon Musk is closing on a deal to buy Twitter, telling the haters to let that sink in as BlackRock headquarters were stormed by protesters last night, bringing pitchforks and rocks into the facility. We debate if BlackRock is truly responsible for killing our planet. Former Goldman Sachs executive Raul Paul states the crypto market will experience 300x growth over the next decade claiming crypto will become larger than the internet. And BitBoy Crypto is stopping by our show to inform our listeners on the battles taking place behind the scenes, explaining how the demons and angels are battling for control of global finance. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, not much left to say, my friend. We're rolling right into this episode. How you feeling, brother? And thank you for being here. Oh, baby, I'm ready. That freaking video. I saw that when you said that yesterday. I've been singing that song in my head for 24 hours. I can't get it out. I'm all pumped up. Let's go, ready? We read. <laughs> it's freaking fantastic. Whoever put that together, kudos to them, man. It was just hilarious. And with Brad's head all bobbing it, it's just freaking, it was fantastic. I'm all pumped up this morning. Good morning to you all. And don't forget, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I can't wait to get started. We love you, Johnny Crypto. And we got the Node Defender joining us today. Mario, I'm very excited for BitBoy, but I got to be honest, I'm a little bit more excited for you to be here, my friend. (laughs) Best friends always get the advantage. So what's up, Mario? How you feeling? Feeling great, man. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for the shout out. I appreciate that. I appreciate the words. Good to be back. Second time this week. I'm super excited. I I don't know about you guys, but I am ready, especially after that video. I am ready. There's so much hype in the XRP uh, space right now, the XRP community. I can't wait to see what's about to happen. But and for good Bitcoin reason. Coming on. Yep, it's exciting. It's an exciting time, Mario. And we're going to dive into the details of not only the XRP case, but also the Ethereum sidechain bringing massive amounts of liquidity to XRPL. Before we get into that, we got Gonzo joining us today. So Gonzo, what'd you think of that video and how you feeling, my friend? Let's go, man. I, oh, I, man, that got me pumped up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? Feeling truly blessed. Usually not on a Thursday, but I get to be on with Mario. I haven't seen Mario in a while. Love you, bro. So man, just ready for a great show, dude. Lots of energy. Feeling it, bro. Feeling it. Awesome, guys. And we got Coach JV in the building. So shout out to our fearless leader, Coach JV. Much love and high vibrations. And we're going to start this show the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. 
The Bitcoin fear and greed index has climbed out of extreme fear, and we are in moderate fear this morning, Johnny Crypto. We didn't get a chance to address this yesterday, so I'd love for you to give a quick word for our listeners. What are you anticipating as the fear and greed index is rising? What are you watching, Johnny? Well, you know, kind of one of those things where when you're in extreme fear, you want to do extreme buying. When you're in just fear, then you want to do you know, less buying, right? Because now we're starting to move up into that kind of neutral zone. And then soon we'll be, we're actually going to be moving into the zone. I hate, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I hate the greed zone because that means I got to be on the ball. I got to get ready. Like now it's easy. Just sit back and dollar cost average in. Everything's good. It's a beautiful thing. I've been buying, you know, I bought some sand. I've been buying some gala that they're just so cheap. I bought some LCX. By the way, guys, not financial advice. Please do not go buy it. Because I'm buying it. You need to go out there and do your own homework and make sure it makes sense for you to invest into it. You need to know everything about it before you buy it. But those are some of the things I'm looking at. There's just so many bargains out there. But, guys, the bargain time is going to come to an end soon, Ab. So, uh, awesome, yeah. Johnny. And we got 202 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. BitBoy Crypto is going to be joining us soon. We're going to talk about XRP. We're going to talk about Sam Bankman <clears throat> Freedom. We're going to talk about the demons and angels battling for this market. But before we do that, let's dive into the total coin market cap. We are sitting at $997 billion in total coin market cap. Bitcoin is at 40% dominance. Ethereum is 19%. Bitcoin is back above $20,000 this morning at $20,600. Ethereum is $1,500, XRP is $0.46, cents. Cardano is $0.40, cents. Cosmos is $13, Algorand is $33, and our favorite, Quant, is sitting at $169. And I'm going to Gonzo this morning. Gonzo, everyone's here waiting for BitBoy. What's on your mind, my friend? And what are some of the projects that you've been keeping an eye on? Yeah, you know, I right now I'm just kind of picking my spots. And that's the, that's the advice that I give anybody is that's why you got to know, like, your investment thesis and kind of, like, your average price. Because, like, what Johnny was saying – there are some still good buys, but you have to find your spots. Like you got to figure out what your average entry price is. And then if you're below that, then it's a good time to buy for you. For me, I'm kind of putting things on hold, but like Gala still looked good. Algorand, um, HBAR, depending on when you got in. Right. Um, so I'm just kind of just waiting to see what happens. You know, we had the new moon with the partial solar eclipse that gave us that new moon energy, which usually is kind of bullish. So I'm kind of waiting to see how it plays out. Right. We've got some movement in Bitcoin, but we have to see, is this like a real rally or a fake out? You know, so I'm very, very interested to see what happens in these next coming weeks, especially leading into the lunar eclipse. Really exciting. And we're showing our listeners an Ethereum price chart right now, showing what I think is a realistic price action that we could experience touching about $3,000 in early 2023 and then regressing back to where we are today. But before we dive into our articles for today, I'd love to hear from the Node Defender. Mario, can you smell the XLS 20 in the air? That's what one of our live listeners said. But what are some of the things that you're watching? And then we'll dive into some articles. Yeah, this XLS 20 smells a lot like coffee to me, but that's probably because I have a coffee mug next to me. But, uh, um, Look, there's a, a lot of hype in the XRP community right now. You know, between XLS20D, the, the the Ripple, the conference that's happening with Ripple being a big part of it, um, the lawsuit that's finally starting to look like we we could see a, a resolution or, or, or an ending to it. So there's a lot of stuff. I just don't think we're going to jump into greed in the markets anytime, anytime soon just because it's too early. I think for greed, we really need retail investors to come back in and it's just hasn't been enough time in the market for, for the retail investors to come back in. Um, I think we're going to continue being in this kind of consolidation. Uh, me and Gonzo were having a chat this morning and we discussed how, you know, oh, we should have bought some more Bitcoin when it was at 19,000 and now we're climbing up. Right. But it's, I think it, we're going to, we're going to continue to revisit because that's what we do in these bear markets. We're going hey, to Mario, revisit. I've got some pretty exciting news for our listeners and I did not mean to cut you off, but our good friend has just joined the live chat. And before we bring him on screen, we're going to show our listeners what we've been calling the rant of the century. So we're going to let this short clip play and bring our special guest in. Here we go. But I, this guy right here, Ryan, Sean Adams. I don't know who the F you are because you're not important. But here he says, please, dear Lord, and any lawmakers or adults reading this tweet, just know BitBoy doesn't represent us either. Talk to Jay Stravinsky. Talk to Miller CWL. Talk to Coin Center. You know what? We are tired of people that look like this guy trying to run stuff. I don't represent the people. The fuck I don't. I'm the one who does. It's me. I'm the one out here putting the work in behind the scenes trying to save crypto while these devils... Sam Bankman-Fried, Brian Armstrong, they're trying to permanently ruin it. This is not about money for me. I hope you guys understand this. 
I'm here fighting for you. This guy with these freaking glasses on, this douchebag is out here trying to tell you that only the suits know what to do. Only the suits. Only the people who have all the money. They're the ones who can determine what happens. No, our bill is for the people. Boom. And I think that's a great place to start this thing. Ben, no introduction needed. Thank you for making time for us this morning. I want to give you the open floor. We definitely have some questions prepared, but the first thing I want to say, thank you for being here. And how are you feeling, my friend? It's my birthday. Hey, are you guys having a volume? Oh, here we go. Here we oh, go. There we go. Perfect. Also, Ben, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, baby. Yeah. I'm 40. I'm 40 years old. 40. And my blood pressure, uh, you know, for people seeing that clip, like people know it's, it's better now. <laughs> Look, I, I I think what it boils down to, you know, a lot of people focus that I I went at the guy's glasses. They're just pretentious looking glasses. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You, you, you know, the, the whole thing is we're so tired in crypto of, of people telling us what is best for us. That's what the SEC does. That's what Gary Gensler does. They tell us we're idiots and they ha they get to make all the decisions. And, and we're just tired of that in crypto. And, and I think what you've really seen over the last week since that clip came out is there has been a movement. Number one, Sam Bateman Freed's reputation has permanently been damaged nice. there are people everywhere asking questions you've got the senate asking questions you have watchdogs asking questions you have project after project looking at their uh, uh looking at their liquidations and and looking at the projects that they've crushed uh you look at aptos you look at icp you look at um ronin token from axie infinity and you start to understand there's one common thread with this which has been sam bangman freed and ftx trying to crush him you look at alameda research they had to rebrand he had to step away even though he owns 90 percent of the company because their brand is so bad because of all of the <laughs> nice. stuff that, that, that he's been doing and uh you know i, I have so much more on sam bankman freed um you know you guys just watch and see what comes out there's a lot of stuff going to be coming out over the next few weeks and uh, I, I don't see how FTX stays open, to be honest with you, after people know what, what I know about what they've done. And, and, and look, the fact is, when it comes to Sam Bateman Freed, what he's trying to do, he, he put out this tweet the other day about, you know, oh, he's working with the congressman and the senators and trying to get this, blah, 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 blah. We don't want one man determining what happens in crypto. Exactly. We don't want it. And, right. and the fact that anybody can get behind him and say, oh, it's great. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what his plan is. We don't want one person determining what happens in crypto. And that's what he's doing. And you look at the battle lines that have been drawn. Uh, you know, clearly you've got me and CZ on one side and you got, you know, Brian Armstrong and SBF on the other. You have SBF talking about buying Coinbase. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know. Meanwhile, the regulators who are supposed to be in charge of all this, they're making statements like XRP is Coinbase's biggest, uh, biggest competition. They don't know what they're talking about. What? Yes, that, that that was in the letter from uh, Elizabeth Warren and, and AOC. It was the fact that Coinbase and XRP are giant competitors. Like, <laughs> wow. These people, they have to ha have their hands held, but they yeah. need to have their hands held by people that know what they're doing and care about the space. Now they're trying to do things to line their own pockets. So, Gonzo, I know you had a question prepared. I want to give you the floor. And if you don't, I have a question prepared myself. Yeah, no. Um, ben, I was just wondering, um, you had mentioned last week that maybe you'd be able to talk about your bill. So we can kind of maybe hear some of that. Is that possible yet? Or do you still have to wait a few more days? So, so last week we got uh, a lot of commitments to funding for the bill. We're still waiting for the dollars to roll in. So in, until the money comes in and we get registered, unfortunately we can't talk about it specifics. Okay. Um, but this is what I will tell you. And, you know, I, I don't know if there have been some, you know, uh, threats or whatever the case to some of the people that were supposed to fund our bill. A couple of them have gone AWOL here over the last week. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me when you have a billionaire who his entire mantra is stifling competition, uh, that there's not some things going on on the back end here. But um, what I would say is this, uh, our bill, what it does, the difference between what Sam is doing and what we're doing, Sam is trying to control what happens, the <clears throat> way that things look in the, in the space of crypto. Right. What we're trying to do is give crypto a seat at the regulatory table. Right. is to make sure that we have representation and we have a, a body that is looking out for the best interest of the people and the best interest of, of decentralization in crypto. When you have one person making decisions, that's not what it's about. So he is trying, Sam is trying to make the decisions about how crypto looks. What we're trying to do is we are trying to create a mechanism that is crypto friendly by which People that are in the space can be part of making the decisions of what regulatory environment looks like in the future. So the whole, whole thing is we're giving people we're we're giving a seat at the table to high level people in crypto. He doesn't want that. He wants to be the high level individual that is making the the most damage. So 
it's look, it's very frustrating that I can't talk about it. It's extremely frustrating uh, until we get the bill registered, though. Um, you know, technically, we can't get <clears throat> specific. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Well, I don't know what the hell's gone with the camera here. But, you know, Ben, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for leading the charge here because that's really what this industry needs. When I saw that rant last week, I'll tell you what, I was so pumped up. I was ready to go. I had my war boots on my head. I was like, let's go to battle. You know, yeah. this is what the industry needs because you, you said it best. You got all these other guys behind the scenes banding together, you know, do, to try to do something opposite. And then you've got, you know, a bunch of us decentralized. So nobody's, there's no real leader. There's no banding. There's nobody to pull it together. And I think that's really what was so important about you taking a stand there, right? Especially being one of the most prominent voices in, in this industry for the decentralized part of it. So I just want to say thank you for taking the charge. You know, let people know, Ben, is there p things people can do to join this fight with you? Is a place they can go to sign up? Should they call their congressman? What Can you tell us some things that people can do to help you fight this battle? Yeah, well, I mean, for, first and foremost, like, yeah, call your senator, call your congressman. I don't know if that's going to make a difference right now. Yeah. Uh, if, if in terms of voting for the DCAP or I can't remember the exact initials for it, but what, the Boozman bill, um, look, you can certainly call your senators, call your congresspeople, make your voice heard. Um, but really, obviously, the main thing is social media presence. Like, that's what we need. We need people sending this message out. We need people sending the message that we're not putting up with SBF. We're, we're not. He's over. He's done. He's canceled in crypto. I'm sorry. He owns the biggest exchange or what wants to be the biggest exchange, the biggest conglomerate of exchanges, the biggest empire in crypto. Uh, that is over. So we need to keep sending that message. He does not speak for us. He does not speak for the average person. Guess who else does not speak for us? Brian Armstrong does not speak for us. Right. These, these CEOs of centralized exchanges, they do not speak for the general person in crypto who is in this for more than just a Lambo. You're in this for the decentralization. Guys, this... And I'll tell you, I had a call with uh, some, some very high-level people the other day uh, is, is we're still having conversations about this bill. And, and what I can tell you is people understand we are at a battle point in history. Crypto may not be the thing that saves us, but it's the only shot we got. And for us to be able to, to hold on to the world of decentralization and make sure people understand that we're— we're tired of these power structures. We're tired of the technocracy. We're tired of, of Jeff Bezos. We're tired of Mark Zuckerberg. We're, we're tired of all of these people. Jamie that, Diamond. Jamie Diamond. We're tired of these people pushing us into a corner, and we're not going to stand for it. I, I went to Money 2020 this week, and, and, and man, I talked to a lot of bankers. <clears throat> and and I, I went undercover. You know, like at some point, people would take pictures of me, and they'd be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. But I, I went undercover, and I was talking to a lot of these bankers about what they do and, and what their thoughts on crypto were. And they have no idea who I am. And, you know, it, it was very, it was very interesting. Listen, to what a lot of these people had to say, we had one person uh, tell us like, Hey, yeah, I actually line up with you completely on all this stuff, but I also work for the banks. He, he had a meeting with one of the highest CEOs in the land uh, mm -hmm. just that day. He's a very high level guy. And, and he said, but let me tell you, the banks in America don't care if y'all move to Dubai. They, they're going to keep running stuff. And it's yeah. like that sentiment is so hard for me to comprehend. Uh, I said on Twitter the other day, you know, every revolution at one time was thought to be impossible. And, you know, I, I, we're not going to stand for this. We're not in a world where we have the printing press, which is the Internet. We have the Bible, which is blockchain, basically, that gets the information out. Right. Uh, you know, this is a revolution that's starting, and we're not going to let the WEF take us over. We're, we're not going to do it. We, why? Too many people know what the plan is, right? Too many people understand that this is going on, and there are people at the highest levels of the government that are extremely concerned uh, about all this stuff. So I think the more we put the information out, uh, the more people understand what is happening, uh, you know, it, it's going to be better for all of us for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I don't mind leading this charge. I don't mind being in the face of this. I also talked to another lady, by the way. Uh, from a very high level company while I was there. And uh, we have this comment here from Raymond, education is key to adoption. Well, you know what she said? She didn't know who I was. She had no clue. She said, you know, the problem with crypto is these uh, influencers who get on YouTube and talk about, <laughs> yeah. When, the, the last thing that my friend said to her was, hey, before you walk away, look at his badge. And she looked down and her soul died. Like her soul died. She, she understood like, oh, that's who this is. And she the next day she found him and apologized. Um, but but here's what she said. She said, I, I you know, these people on YouTube, this is not what needs to happen. For people to learn about crypto, they need to go to a professor. They need to have professors at colleges telling them what to do. Hmm. That's the freaking problem. Like, that's <clears throat> the problem. That's yep. the mindset. You, I think she went to Harvard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course she did. Look, 
gatekeep, gatekeep, gatekeep. We are kicking the gates down, and we're going to keep kicking them down. I love you know, it, Ben. Go ahead, Johnny. You, you know, Ben, one of the things we talk about here in this space, Yusko mentions this all the time, is there's four stages to this, right? First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you, which is nope. the stage we're in right nope. now. And then the I fourth stage, as you know, is then they join you. So the question here is, Ben, are there things that if our warriors or anybody out there who's listening wants to join the fight and wants to donate to your bill to help you raise the fight? Is there a way people can donate to help? Or you, do you have some yeah. kind of fun where people can donate well, to that? We are, how, you know, how can people join? We have to be very sensitive about that because oh, yeah. we, we certainly don't want this to turn into a thing where it can be twisted around to like, oh, BitBlitz can't get money from people, blah, 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 no. blah, blah, blah. We want high-level funders to come in and help yeah. us with this. And like I said, we have some, we had a lot committed. We're just waiting for the money to roll in. And, and so it's it's got us in a holding pattern right now. Um, we have talked about it. Um, but to do it right, I think we're going to need a, a, an organization like a uh, – uh, 501c3 or even a c4 is what a lot yeah. of people are, are saying that, that we should have uh but that those take months to happen and we don't have much right now gotcha. so um you know we're just trying to make sure that we're doing this in a way to where people can't misjudge what we're doing we want to be all on the up and up to where there can be absolutely no questions and people understand that this really is uh for the people i'm telling you when people find out what we're doing they're gonna be like oh my gosh that's the most common sense thing that's ever happened in the world of crypto like okay. yes that's what needs to happen so um, obviously we wish that we didn't need any regulation at all. We wish we could just live in this world where, you know, we just do whatever we want, but unfortunately that's not where we live, especially here in the United States. So, um, you know, creating something that's going to take away power from the sec is, is what we really need to do. And, uh, that's what we're doing. Well, Ben, that's you know, perfect. That's a perfect time to roll into our next topic. Since we got you here, we're definitely going to address a little bit of XRP. You talked about how the SEC may not have jurisdiction to control this market, and that's exactly what we're going to address right now. In 2015, the Department of Justice, as well as FinCEN, described XRP as a virtual currency and described Ripple as a money services business. If Ripple was considered a money services business, that would exclude the SEC not only from suing them, but from having any jurisdiction over what they do whatsoever. I'd love to hear what that means to you. Imagine if Ripple is considered a money services business. What could that mean for the entire crypto market pushing the SEC another step away? Well, I mean, I think at this point, like this is going to go towards the case. And I mean, this is going to go towards the argument. And it's not a security. Everybody knows it's not a security. The SEC isn't really going after it as a security right now. They're really going after the marketing practices, according to their, you know, their their judgment summary. At this point, Rip, uh, the SEC is so concerned that they're going to completely lose this case that they're grasping at straws to make sure that they get some money out of this. Um, but ultimately, you know, all of the egg is going to be on the face of one Gary Gensler. He's going to be known for failing this case. And and look, a lot of people in crypto would have told you at the very beginning of this case. That, Oh, slam dunk is going to be considered a security. That's what a lot of people would have told you. I, I might have been one of them uh, because at the beginning of this, I was not on Ripple side with stuff, and I was believing all the all the stuff that I had heard in the echo chamber of people that hate XRP and hate, hate Ripple. Before I actually went and did the real research and dug in myself, and, and so I, I think that you know a lot of these people in the SEC they just thought this is slam dunk. We're just going to put it out there. We're going to win. We're going to have you know so many people hate Ripple and blah 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 blah. I'll tell you when I went to the Ripple booth at, uh, at Money Twenty Twenty, um, you know. They, we had some cameras with us because that's what we do. We have cameras. We're a YouTube channel. And they saw the cameras and they were a little freaked out by it because there's been so many people that have wanted to attack them. And so, um, you know, uh, for, for me, I, I think this is going to definitely need a, a time of healing after this is over. But uh, we're, we're all going to do well financially if you're an XRP after this is over for sure. It's going to be going up and then the suppression of the market's going to be over. So, um, yeah. So I, I got to run, guys. I've got uh, my show I've got to yes. go to right now. Thank yep. you so much, Ben. We always appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Love you, Ben. Thanks. 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 See you again. Hey, and happy birthday, my friend. Thank happy you. Happy birthday. Okay. Oh, we're awesome, here. guys. And we're going to continue birthday. with our XRP content because as well as Ben dropping gems, we had the Ledger co-founder call XRP a shitcoin earlier this week. And this is exactly what Ben was just talking about. The BS games that they're playing with us in this market. The, the amount of projects that could be considered a shitcoin, XRP is not on that list. And we're going to dive into that right now. But he already reneged this statement. So the co-founder of Ledger came out and said XRP is a centralized shitcoin. Just one day later, he said he should have refrained from making those statements and that he found it funny because no, he remembers when he made the XRP army crazy by these simple statements. I don't even think XRP is centralized garbage. So we already stepped back on those statements, Johnny Crypto. We got a bunch of great articles planned for our listeners, but I thought this one was pretty funny. What do you think about him already taking back XRP being called a shitcoin? He obviously saw Cardano. He saw he saw what Charles went through and said, I don't want no piece of that. I'm out. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, that just goes to speak to the vibes of how strong the XRP army is that like people fear the reaction, you know, and, and it's and I really hope that the XRP 
army rises and supports Ben too. We really need that because Ben's right. We do need support, you know, for crypto to save crypto because there's going to be, you know, Yusko said it here. They don't want decentralized crypto. It's a little secret. They don't want it. And um, and we're going to, there's going to be a fight. Like we said, we're in stage three. They fight it till 2027. Yusko keeps saying there's going to be a fight. So we got five years, guys, five years of battling that's going to go on to see where this whole thing really plays out. Um, but so, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> but it is interesting that the XRP army is freaking strong. I love it. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we got 395 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you the details of what BitBoy was talking about in his previous clip that we just had. So we're going to let this short clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. And a lot of people are saying FTX is what dumped that. Uh, FTX was the number one investor in Aptos, from what I understand. And big surprise, they dumped every. Let me tell you, by the time I'm done with FTX, it's going to be closed down. You guys get ready for it. If you think I'm kidding about that, I am not. I have so much information about literal conspiracy wrongdoing, telling people to delete evidence, so much evidence of them using their exchange to short projects to death. There you go, Johnny. Market manipulation wow. right in front of our eyes. And I only wow. think more and more cases like this are going to come out from centralized exchanges. But I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Ben is going out of his way to attack FTX because they're the worst players in this market. And he's going to expose that game. Let's work our way through the group. I'd love to start with you, Johnny. Yeah, I think, you know, kudos to Ben. You know, I actually wish we played that when he was on here. I didn't know that. I wanted to ask him a follow-up question. But that is freaking huge that at the end of the day, you know, call, calling out people for when they do something wrong is really what the American way is. And and so justice needs to be, you know, brought to the table. And I think this is what happens when you push things too far, right? Like, obviously, you're doing shit illegal behind the scenes. Listen, any successful businessman, the billionaire, let's face it. If you think they got there without not doing something shady, then you know what? I got a bridge in Brooklyn. I'll sell you for cheap, cheap. All right. This is not how it works. These men all do illegal crap. But when you get to, so first of all, they already got skeletons in the closet. And the last thing you want to do is piss off a guy like Ben, who's got a voice in the space. There's just no reason to go there. But now that he did, the battle's on. And it's going to be very interesting to see how, how Bank Friedman comes out of this thing. But more importantly, I don't care about him. I care about the industry. And I really hope that Ben is successful in this challenge. And, and, and for, it's, it's for, it benefits everybody. So everybody should be behind this fight. Whether you love or hate Ben, that has nothing to do with it right now. There's a, there's a common enemy here, and we want to make sure that we're fighting for crypto and decentralization. Gonzo, I'd love to get some remarks from you. And then we're going to show a video of Elon Musk purchasing Twitter as well as his statements against the SEC. Yeah, you know, the whole thing with FTX is you know, certain things are starting to come to light. Like the whole thing about them shorting where they were listing cryptos uh, before they were listed in other places and then shorting them and then basically Gosh. crashing the price, right? The price gets pumped up and then it gets crashed. Yep. You, you saw what just happened in this recent short squeeze where, what was it, like $1.6 almost $2 billion in shorts, and 80% of them came from the FTX exchange. They're not the number one exchange in the world, people. Binance is. Yep. And Binance was a small percentage of it, right? So that leads me to believe that there's something shady going on there. 80% of that, you know, 1.6, 1.7 billion was all on FTX. Plus, when you add the stuff that he talked about with them shorting certain cryptos and tanking the price, uh, the, the, you know, this is what the SEC should be looking at, right? Th that, that's exactly what they should be looking at. And if I, if I could just add as well, I think that we, we are definitely at a point in history where things have to happen, right? Because we know that crypto crypto began as this fight for decentralization, you know, taking power into your own hands as far as your, your, your finances. And um, it's getting to a point that all these exchanges, all these billionaires are starting to have too much influence. With the influence comes the, with the money comes the, they're starting to get too much money. With the money comes the influence and then comes the power. And this industry is moving towards central, centralization 100%. And so if we don't have people like Ben and, and uh, you know, getting together and being a voice, just like Ben said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's just nothing we can do, right? Because this, that's the way this industry is moving towards. Well, Ben has decided to fight against that and say there is something we can do. And um, he's decided to be the face and the voice of it. And I'm really happy to see this. And uh, let's hope that we don't really go the centralized way fully. And actually, you know what? Just to build on that, here's something you could do. Oh, put that back up. Hey, anybody who has an FTX account, 
Absolutely. You should close your, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but that's a great suggestion mentally. Definitely. You know, you want to send a message, close your freaking account, go somewhere else. That's how you send the message. And that's one of the things you could do to help. So uh, good, good point there, Mario. Good point. Mentalic. And another breaking news story from this week is that BlackRock headquarters in New York was stormed by a mob with pitchforks. And they actually came in protesting climate change, stating that BlackRock is not only killing our environment, they're killing people because they're investing in global warming. It's only about 10 individuals here. And I had a unique thought. I actually do not think this is an organic protest. When you see 10 individuals like this who came in, those rocks on the ground, they brought those rocks and they laid them out. I agree with the signs that they're holding. I don't necessarily agree that standing in BlackRock's headquarters and putting rocks on the ground is going to make a difference, but I do think it's a step in the right direction and the intentions are there. I'd love to go back to Mario. What do you think about the protesters protesting climate change in BlackRock? And let's have a real conversation here. Do you think this is an authentic protest or are these paid, for lack of a better word, protesters? Well, given given your what you just commented there, Abs, it, it certainly seems so. It certainly seems that you know, it's such a small closed group that it could certainly be part of somebody's movement. And so, I mean, but look, we know that this is the way that the, our, our, so, uh, our society is moving towards, right? We're, we're moving towards just everything's about being carbon neutral and everything's about the environment. And so any company that's caught up in the, in, in the opposite side of that, of that uh, narrative is going to get, is going to get, uh, you know, this kind of thing happen to it. That just, it's inevitable at this point. So whether, you know, it's a paid event or not, <laughs> I don't really know, but uh, it certainly makes sense uh, what you just said. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. be surprised. And I can actually give you a better argument. Who's directly trying to promote the climate change right now and the carbon neutral sentiment? Well, it's the World Economic Forum. And when the World Economic Forum, a lot of those players work with BlackRock and they profit off the same investments. I don't think it's any surprise. Listen, there's 10 people here. They weren't asking for anything specific. They were holding a bunch of signs that I do agree with. Greed equals chaos, all those types of things. But one of the things I do not like is the fact that this is all we can do. If this is the best that we can do to combat BlackRock, we've got some serious problems. But I want to hear from Johnny Crypto and Gonzo. We'll start off with Gonzo. What's it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, like, you know, what Mario was saying, you know, it does seem like that because it's a small group. But I think the bigger thing is the whole... Um, we know that this is a narrative, right? This is where we're going to, whether you believe it or not, or whether you're on this side or that side, this is where we're going to that whole ESG environmental social governance narrative. That's going to be huge, right? We've talked about this on the show before with the whole carbon credit market where it's going to be in the billions, right? This is, this is where we're going. So it's something to pay attention to, especially if you want to add it into your investment thesis and, and put a section of that into that like narrative or those rails, right? When, when we get involved in that, I know they're building stuff on the XRPL um, that have to do with carbon credits and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, this is the narrative. This is where we're going to. Thank you, Johnny. And I'd love to get some quick comments from you. And then we're going to show our listeners how the UK is approving a bill for stable coins, but we're going to tie this into quant network. So get ready for that, Johnny, what's on your mind? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, normally Soros will buy groups, you know, not like this, but usually against the grain the other way. And it's usually a much more well-organized, larger size group. When it's a small group like this, unfortunately, the reality is it might just be a bunch of guys, you know, people, family, friends, whatever, getting together who thought it was the right thing to do. And I, I don't think it was a paid for group, but maybe it was. Who knows? The reality is, though, is that it's so small how impactful is it really going to be? We need more people standing up. That should have been like a group of 10,000 people, right? That should be rallying up against it. But yet we got 10 people or 16 people. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just to one of those things where you want to see people fighting the good fight, but it's just not enough. I don't know. I don't think. Awesome, guys. We've got 369 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you how the floodgates could open, and it all starts in London. So the UK stablecoin rules have been approved by a lawmaker committee. And this is pretty exciting because UK lawmakers have agreed on new rules for stablecoins starting on Thursday, as the government promised to consult on further crypto regulations and digital pound in the coming weeks. And here's what's really exciting. They recently had their prime minister be appointed Rishi Suknak, and I'm terrible at names, so I probably pronounced that wrong. At the time, he was the finance minister, but since he has been promoted to the prime minister, he said that he wanted to make the UK a hub for crypto. So how does this connect to Quant Network? Well, their CEO, Gilbert Verdian, had previously worked with UK's prime minister, and he actually took the time to congratulate him on not only um, endorsing cryptocurrency, but receiving that role. So he said, it's great to see my ex-colleague at HM Treasury support fintech and financial services, a critical sector to, to <clears throat> drive innovation and growth 
in the UK. And anybody who knows Quant Network knows they are part of the Digital Pound Foundation. So this is another amazing connection here. And anybody who heard about Quant from Good Morning Crypto, they can thank our good friend, Johnny Crypto. So I'm going to him first, Johnny. What do you think about this update? Oh, man, I always say it, boys. It's who you know, not what you know. The fact that these two are buddies, there's no question. Gil's picking up the phone and talking to his boy. <laughs> Soon I can say, hey, so what do we got to do to make this happen? There's, there's no question that when you've got friends in power like that, they're, they're talking to each other and they're going to help each other out. And, and to me, you know, Quant has a, a solution that Sunak in, in, you know, is going to need. So the reality is it's just a perfect marriage. And I, I love the fact that these connections are there. And I, you know how much I love Quant. been over for a while now. But to me, it's just another sign of another positive thing, another positive connection in the direction that if you're a Quant holder, you want to see. I want to remind our listeners that when Quant initially launched, they had a 50 million token float and they went and sold those privately to banks. They only ended up selling about 14 million of those tokens. So what they did is they burned the remaining 35 million tokens. So shout out to all of our Quant holders there. You can thank Gilbert when you make all that money. I do want to get some thoughts on the Node Defender and Gonzo here. Mario, I'd love to start with you. We always say it starts in London. Stablecoin regulations coming out of the UK. What are you anticipating, my friend? Well, I'm, I'm definitely anticipating all this stuff to roll out. We know that we're witnessing like a battle for utility between, you know, XRP, it's got its, its utility. Quant's got its utility. You know, Gala's got its utility. XLM has its utility. So this is a matter of who's going to win in that space, right? Which companies are going to win in that space or which projects or which blockchains. And the ties between Quant and central bank digital currencies. And and now, as you've just uh, highlighted, you know, the, the connection between the current prime minister and and Gilbert you know, they're obviously talking to each other. They're obviously getting, uh, you know, guidance to, to some extent. Uh, yeah, it, the writing's all over the wall at this point, 100%. Gonzo, I'd love to get some closing remarks from you. We talk about quant, and the reason it's so exciting is not only it's only $2 billion in the market cap, there's only 14 million tokens that will ever exist. And quant is what's called an agnostic. So that means it can connect to any blockchain, XRP, Ethereum, ADA, AVAX, mm. and it can allow those smart contracts to communicate with one another. So I really think the floodgates and the use cases are yet to be unleashed with this project. What are some of the things that you're watching? And then we'll dive into some more news. Yeah, I think it's bullish for the project in the future, like overall, right? We're still in the bear market. You know, what we're talking about is things that are, have actual utility and they still have to be rolled out, right? So right now we're still in the price speculation phase. That's why we talked about like Quant had an automatic rally and, you know, it went into the golden pocket. We thought it was going to roll over. But as far as regulation, like we knew that it was going to be stable coins that got regulated first. We were just hoping that it was going to be the U.S., but now it looks like it's the U.K. that's going to get in front of us. But I wouldn't be surprised as soon as the U.K. rolls out with their stable coin <clears throat> regulation, as soon as our... Uh, um, elections are over, I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing that happens is the U.S. comes out with their stablecoin regulation because we figured that's what was going to come first. Very interesting, Gonzo. And we got 377 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you why the Ethereum-compatible sidechain could open the floodgates for XRP. So Ripple's new push to develop a sidechain on the XRP ledger could be very bullish for XRP, says popular crypto analyst. So the San Francisco payments firm is currently working on the Ethereum virtual machine compatible sidechain for the XRPL. In case you haven't noticed, the Ethereum virtual machine support has sent many Ethereum competitors to the moon in the past, including Harmony and Phantom. XRP having an Ethereum virtual machine sidechain could therefore be very bullish for XRP. This ultimately will depend on how fast XRP's Ethereum virtual machine sidechain could be. And anybody who knows XRP knows that sidechain is going to be lightning fast. So the, the Ethereum virtual sidechain is inherently limited to a few hundred transactions per second, though he doesn't think this will be a huge hurdle for XRP. And this means that Ripple will have to do a lot of work to improve the transactions per second. But notably, all, all of the leverage on the Ethereum virtual machine can process thousands of transactions per second when using Solana and Avalanche. So the one advantage that XRP has over other EVM competitors is the massive community of XRP holders supporting this project. But the biggest disadvantage is what Gary Gensler and the SEC are trying to do to Ripple. So this is pretty exciting. Gonzo, we call you the Ethereum expert for a reason. What are you anticipating from Ethereum? I'm sorry, for XRP once the Ethereum sidechain becomes compatible? I think it's huge, right? Because what you're talking about is leveraging the entire Ethereum ecosystem. And if they can get the transactions per second right, right, and, and make it much faster, 
uh, it's an improvement to the Ethereum ecosystem. And it brings in all that liquidity, right? Ethereum is the biggest, it's the second altcoin that we have. It's the biggest ecosystem that we have right now, right? Combining that uh, with the technology of the XRPL is huge. And then now you add like the community that's already behind it. And so you have an actual group that's there to use it. It's just a huge combination, right? Um, and so I just think it's going to be really big. Mario, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. The Ethereum virtual machine is going to allow smart contracts operating in the Ethereum ecosystem to come over to the XRPL and, and, and execute at a faster pace and at a cheaper fee. So what's it mean to you? And do you think we're going to see a massive exodus from the EVM over to the XRPL once this is launched? Potentially, but I think I, I'm looking at this from a perspective of uh, XRP. They, they know that uh, creating this connection with Ethereum is essential. I see Ethereum just having this massive traction in the space, just like Gonzo just said. You know, they, they're the sickest, second biggest uh, cryptocurrency. Their ecosystem is the biggest. It's going to be really hard for anybody or any other project to really take them down unless, you know, we get some kind of black swan event where, you know, something gets, I mean, we already know that there's a lot of conspiracy. You know, I, I could say conspiracy. Some people believe it to be 100% true. I haven't done enough research to, to, to say whether it is or isn't. So, um, Ethereum is as it stands the chosen one, right? When it comes to the space and 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 the money that's involved. So um, I think XRP doing this is a big sign that they 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 realize that having this connection with Ethereum is important. Um, a lot of people think Cardano will take them down. I know that Johnny believes so, but um, you know it's going to be difficult. Um, <clears throat> could could Ethereum be the Yahoo and then you know Cardano be the Google? Only time will tell us. But yeah, we'll see. It's exciting times, uh, nonetheless, to, to be experiencing these uh, these events. Johnny Crypto, jump right in, my friend. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where they're going to kind of coexist. I mean, in terms of Cardano or Solana or, or uh, uh, you know, with Ethereum. And Ethereum's too far ahead of everybody for them to get killed. Um, but getting to the article, this is brilliant on Ripple's part. It's brilliant to tap into the largest smart contract you know, base in the world, which is Ethereum, and steal some of that from them. So to me, it's in just the way you've seen there, right there. There it is. Avalanche, near. Oh, you just said that. Avalanche, near, uh, Protocol, Solana. They're all neon. They all have this this EVM there, right? And, and Ripple's like, hey, we're going to join the party too. But it's so true that Ripple has, pro or XRP has probably the largest community in the world. So uh, I think it's brilliant on their part to continue to find ways to drive use cases over to, to XRP. That's exactly what you want to see if you're an XRP holder. It's more use cases. More use cases means more demand. More demand means ultimately someday down the road, higher prices. Amazing, Johnny. Crypto. Can I add something, Abs? Of course. I was just going to add something. You know, credit to Johnny because he said this before. The only thing that can get in Ethereum's way is Ethereum yeah. itself, right? And, and, and where Cardano could close the gap is if they mess up this Shanghai upgrade, right? Mm -hmm. If that upgrade takes longer than it should to where people can't unstake. If it takes longer to get the sharding um, and we're moving into a bull market, you know, and Cardano keeps building like they are, like they had their Basel hard fork that was very successful and they keep going into their next phases, they could close that gap, right? And that's all going to be fully on uh, what Ethereum does. They're already saying that they're going to roll out the Shanghai in 2023. So we'll see. Hopefully they, they do that, right? Because they have the experience from the merge. But like like Johnny said, it all depends. They're the, they're the only ones that can get it in, into their own way. So we'll see. Johnny Crypto, I think this would be a good time. People are talking about Casper in the live chat. And somebody who got famous for bringing the masses attention to Casper was Kevin Cage. So tomorrow, all of our listeners out there, Kevin Cage is going to be joining the show to discuss all the latest updates and hopefully teach us a little bit more about Casper. But before we get into that, let's talk about the update we got from Swift yesterday as Swift accepts the community request to start the ISO migration in March of 2023. And what's really exciting about this is in the official announcement, they said by March 10th of 2025, we will have full implementation of these new protocols. Johnny Crypto, sorry, let's start off with Mario because he sent this to me. Mario, what were you thinking when you read this document? And how do you feel about a definitive timeline from Swift on the ISO compliant process? Yeah, I mean, th this is exactly what I mean. There's just so much stuff happening right now that that's making me feel so excited. And I know a lot of people are kind of expecting this uh, this uh, black swan type of event to drive the markets down. But 
honestly, like with everything that's happening, I can't help but feel excited. And, and if we do get downward price momentum, then that's just an opportunity in my opinion. But Baba, I love following this guy on Twitter. Uh, you know, he, he puts up a lot of, uh, a lot of tweets that keep me on my toes, make my brain work. And I'm like, what's this guy trying to say? You know, he's very cryptic with his tweets. But I mean, we saw, I think last week, we saw that Swift was considering postponing. And uh, this, all it is from my understanding, from what I read on it, it's just uh, they listened to the community and they decided to to start the migration in March of 2023, which aligns with, uh, so like if you guys look, go and check out Baba's, he's got like a Baba's uh, account, he's got like this timeline and it kind of aligns with one of the things that he has on the timeline. So wh whether this guy's right about a about the timeline or you know, what does he know, but he certainly keeps me uh, entertained, that's for sure. Sounds like Mario's a proud member of the XRP army, or should I say the conspiracy <clears throat> theorist army? But we're going to go to Gonzo and Mario. Of course, I agree with you. I'm super into conspiracy theories. I love that, that train of thought. Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. ISO migration is set to take place in March of 2023. That's only five months away. What are you anticipating, my friend? Yeah, it's something that we've been waiting for for a while. So it's going to be awesome to finally kind of see it come to fruition. You know, there's a reason why in our investment thesis, we invest in some of the ISO tokens, right? Because uh, we've been waiting for this. So uh, depending on when it rolls out and, and you know, the timing in the market, and what's happening with the macro and everything else, we'll see if it equals price appreciation. You know, with Algo, we, we also have the World Cup that's coming up. So, you know, we could definitely start to see some price appreciation, you know, when you combine this and then the, the, the World Cup and it, even with some of the other ones. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just exciting. Speaking of exciting, we had a massive update yesterday as Elon Musk not only purchased Twitter, he walked into the building holding a sink. So we're going to let this short video play and discuss what the heck is going on here. Here we go. So you can't really hear the audio, but he said, let that sink in as he's carrying a sink through the front door. This was pretty funny. David Schwartz, <laughs> tweeted out, David, Schwartz, David Schwartz tweeted out yesterday. He said, I have so many questions when watching this video. Did he buy that sink? Did he throw that sink away after he made the joke? Did he stage this? It was just a pretty funny uh, Twitter thread he put out. But I'd love to get some thoughts from Mario since you're at the top of my screen. What do you think about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter? And the fact that we're moving into a zone where every time Elon Musk makes a development, Dogecoin price is moving as it pumped 12% yesterday. Yeah, well, the first thing I, I want to say is that I was wrong. A couple months ago, I made the call saying that I didn't think this was actually going to happen. This deal wasn't going to happen. It's starting to look more and more like it is happening. I mean, we see him there with the sink. And so I, I don't I think that was directed at me. Let that sink in to me as well. But I mean, <laughs> not that it changes, not that it changes my life too dramatically. You know, I, I didn't know anything specially. And obviously, it's OK to be wrong. But um I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. I love Twitter. It's a platform I love engaging in. Uh, it's where I'm most active. So I'm really excited to see what he does differently with Twitter. Um, I saw some statements he put out this morning with his idea of what he plans to do with Twitter, <laughs> specifically talking about <laughs> specifically talking about the advertisers. And so uh, I think his I think his mission statement with what he wants to do with Twitter is is nice. Let's see if he plays to it. I love his sense of humor. I love the fact. I love the fact that this guy must be under so much pressure. You know, being who he is, he must be under so much pressure from hate and and just things in general. And uh, he just takes things so so chilled. And I love that part about him and his sense of humor. Awesome guys, and we're gonna play this short video. Elon Musk showing his what he feels about the SEC. I want to be clear. I do not respect the SEC. I do Oof. not respect them. We're gonna play it twice. I want to be clear. I do not respect the SEC. I do not respect them. Well, that makes five of us, Elon Musk. Shout out to Gary Gensler. Johnny Crypto, what are you thinking? Then we'll kick it to Gonzo. I'm thinking BitBoy. Yeah, I'm thinking there's six of us. So that would make six of us in a minute. But I'm just thinking, like, that's ballsy for a guy like him to say because the SEC has multiple reasons that they come after him. I don't know if that's too smart to go out there and start, you know, poking at the bear. But nonetheless, um, you know, I, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of talk of whether this will happen or not. Maybe it looks like it is going to happen. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't give two flying flops whether he buys it or not. It doesn't matter to me. I don't give a crap. What I care about is where we're headed in crypto and what are the right places to, to you know place our bets on, making sure we got the right horses in the race. All this other stuff, to be honest with you, this is total distraction. While everybody's looking over here worrying about what the hell Elon's doing, yeah, we've got a whole mass movement going on over here of changing the financial system. That's where people need to be paying attention, if you if you want my honest opinion, Abs. Um, the only reason I like to pay attention to it, Johnny, 
mm. is because now that he's taken it private, right? They're delisting it off the stock exchange um, is because of his talk about Dogecoin, right? And as much as we talk shit about Dogecoin, it's a meme coin, yeah. um, not financial advice. I'm really making, uh, doing my research to see if I might make a bet on Dogecoin, right? It, it, it's It's got, it, it's up like what, 20%, but it's still pretty cheap compared to its all-time high. If he's going to implement, implement it into Twitter now that it's private, um, that's what I've been really looking at and maybe considering, uh, yeah. you know, do I make an investment into Dogecoin? Yeah, I'll tell you what, from that perspective, that's the way this should be used, if anything. Plus, the other thing I will say yeah. is I there is one thing I do care about. If he does buy it, <laughs> bring the goddamn edit button, would you? Because I'm tired of having to delete my tweets. <laughs> yeah. Just bring the edit. So if we get the edit button and we get a doge pump, I guess there you go. There's two good reasons. <laughs> oh, buy the rumor, God. sell the news. There you go, baby. Yeah. There you, go. You, know, you know what's interesting uh, is on Crypto Banter, they talked about this, Rand talked about this this morning, where it seemed like, you know, now that he's taking it private, that the government might be nervous because they can't tell their narratives on Twitter anymore because he's going to be able to put a stop to it and how maybe they're trying to backdoor him. But I think he brought up, there was a tweet that he showed. I don't know who put it out, but basically that they might be going after Tesla. I don't know if it was a criminal investigation or just some type of federal investigation into Tesla's autopilot, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that's just really interesting for your conspiracy theories, people out there. Is you know is the government now going to go after him because he's got a target on his back and they're going to use Tesla, right? Something to do with the um, the the autopilot feature that they have. So interesting. Check Very out the breaking news as PayPal has reinstated their twenty five hundred dollar penalty for misinformation. This what? has been such an interesting story. So so what happened is PayPal came out. They had these claims in their new rules. People saw that, freaked out. PayPal said, oh my God, that was an accident. They should have never been in there. This week, this morning, they've reinstated that and PayPal has put that back into their new rules and regulations. Johnny Crypto, what the hell is going on here? Why is PayPal, why do they think they are the gateway for what's true and misinformation? Well, see, this is what happens when when you get too much power, right? Ben was just talking about this one man making the making the rules, right? Not saying that PayPal is the only payment system out there, but it's so goddamn big. That the reality is you could do that. You could be like, hey, you know what? Here's a freaking rule. You don't like it? Too bad. Then you ain't going to be able to use our system. And that means now you're not going to be able to pay. So the only way now for, you know, if they're putting it back in there after the blowback that they got, it tells me that they didn't get enough blowback. It wasn't big enough. It wasn't painful enough. Now, what has to happen is people got to do exactly what, Mental X suggested with FTX. Everybody needs to like just drop, you know, stop using PayPal. You'll see how quick <laughs> if everybody stops using PayPal, which will never happen. But if it does, holy shit, those they'll, they'll, they'll revoke that policy in a heartbeat. So now what are you going to do? Let's see what people do. Let's see if people stand up, but they won't. Most people won't even know that happened. Johnny Crypto, Johnny Ripples commented, trying to quit my gym membership. It's like trying to leave the mob. So shout out to that guy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> but this this is interesting, Johnny. I do think there are some people who are closing down their PayPal accounts. Yeah, a couple of people good. in the live chat do that. And it's the exact same conversation we have with FTX. If you do not agree with this company's narrative and what they're promoting, don't use them. Distance yourself from them. That's the best part of the environment that we have today. But I'd love to get some thoughts from Mario. Mario, what do you think about PayPal deciding what misinformation is and directly taxing people who they believe are spreading false information? Well, here's the thing. I've used PayPal for many years, and this is actually not surprising. Because PayPal has a tendency to do that. I mean, they've got rules in place where if you're a new guy and you just started, you got to wait a certain amount of time before you can get your money. If you got paid through PayPal, if you um, if you made a sale of a product, then they're going to make you wait a certain amount of time before you can get your money out. So it really doesn't surprise me. PayPal is very centralized. They're very strict with their policies. Very hard to fight against them if you happen to need to, uh, to you know, you get your account frozen. It's a nightmare. I know of people that have had their account frozen for over six months, a year, and not been able to get their funds until PayPal decides that, you know, for whatever reason, they've had enough proof that it's okay. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see that abs. And, and it's funny. I was just, uh, I was just looking at my Twitter timeline and guys, it is, it is, we are definitely in the bare bottom of a bear market because we have Johnny Crypto tweeting about how you can improve your health with a cheat sheet. So it's confirmed, guys. Johnny Crypto, any response there? The mute button got the best of you. 
12 ways, 12 foods to improve your health. I'm a health freak, as some of you may or may not know. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with everybody. I will not say we're- Guys, if you couldn't tell, Johnny Crypto is clearly very, very healthy, very takes care of himself seven days a week working out in the gym. Shout out to my man. We're going to dive into some XRP. <laughs> Look at those guns. <laughs> this is our last story for today, Johnny. Macro analyst Raul Paul states that crypto and Web3 are about to explode and do a 300x over the next decade. And because we only have a couple of minutes left, we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of this article. He said there's going to be a massive value acceleration that takes place within crypto. Almost all traditional asset classes make up 200 to 300 trillion each. We're going to see pro, we're going to see 200 to 300 trillion for crypto in 10 to 15 years. Paul also says the accumulation of value in the crypto markets will be the fastest and largest the world has ever seen. Bigger than oil, bigger than the internet. It's a very, very different thing. Let's get some comments from the group. Back to Johnny K. What are you thinking? I mean, this is why we're here. Literally, that statement, you know, brings music to my ears because we've been, we've been saying all along that we feel we're in the beginning. I, all the time I say this, right? We're so early, it feels late. We're sitting here at a, abs, sometimes just slightly under a trillion dollars. We saw it as high as close to three trillion, right? But we have we can't fathom what it's going to be like when this thing's on its way to 200 trillion, but we show the adoption curves all the time. And if you put it on there at some point, this son bitch is going to fly. We're going to be up there. We're going to be sitting there. And anybody who's smart enough, who has an exit plan, right? Don't do what Johnny did. Don't sell all your shit. Don't do hundred percent. I sold all my Amazon in 1997. Don't do that. Make sure you hold on because we just have, so it will, it will be the 12th sector. We have so much, upside potential 200 trillion dollars 200x 200x means that some of your coins are going to go up thousands of x's i mean it's just going to be tremendous i I can't wait to get there it's going to be life changing for many many people who are here early gonzo i'd love to get some comments from you he also said that there's going to be a massive influx in the narrative the narrative is going to change around the market and that's when retail is going to flood back in driving this thing not to 10 trillion not to 50 trillion to two to three hundred trillion dollars in the next decade. What are you anticipating, Gonzo? And what do you think your portfolio is going to be worth? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I believe it. Yeah, Ralph Paul is much smarter than I am, especially when it comes with the macro, right? He's a Goldman Sachs guy, so he knows, right? And what, what you're talking about is is in ten to fifteen years, dude. We're going to have regulation. We're going to have clarity. We're going to have the sovereign wealth funds putting in, you know, one to three percent the retirement funds, just imagine what that looks like. And all you have to do is just be patient. That's it, right? Yes. Just be patient, make good decisions, invest in things that have utility, not financial advice, but like Having what fun. we talk about, what we do as a team, right? And just be patient. Imagine if I told you, all you have to do is invest and then just be patient. And in 10 years, you're financially free. Would you do that? Right? Hardest and so what it is, is like, Hardest exactly, right. So Look at right hard. now in the bear market, all of retail has left, right? And those people, when we go into the next bull run, are going to be like the people were in the last cycle. Like, yeah. oh man, why didn't I stay? I should have stayed. And then now they're going to have to kind of go through a whole nother cycle. Right. Gonzo, you know what I compare it to? Right? I compare it to That's football season. I think it's like everybody forgets about football yeah. when the NBA is on and then September comes around. All those fans come back, and that's what we're going to see in 2025. Yep. 2025, we're going to see the masses. We're going to see the majority of the retail market, especially in first-world countries like America and England. They're going to dive into this, and that's going to push us well over $10 trillion. Love to get some closing remarks from Mario here. Mario, two to $300 trillion crypto market. What does that mean to you, my friend? Well, what it means to me is, uh, you know, as, as somebody commented, don't be a Johnny. And I'm going to say, don't be a Mario. Stick around, because that's what I did in 2017. I got discouraged. I left the market and here I am now. And I'm hoping to make a difference this time. So don't be a Mario, you know, do your research, invest in the projects that you believe have potential. And that's really the best thing you can do to set yourself for financial freedom. Keep investing, keep putting your your money in those baskets, whether it's crypto stocks, whatever it is, real estate, just keep working at it and you'll get there someday. And have an exit plan. Amazing guys. And somebody's commented, will Algorand pop when the FIFA World Cup comes around? We are going to see a big marketing push. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to get a little bit of a price run up, but we could see a dump after the FIFA World Cup. Typically, buy the rumor, sell the news. We may get a price run up going into FIFA, but afterwards, I would anticipate a price dump back to those original levers. 
not a financial advisor, not financial advice. 348 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are going to see you guys in 23 hours. We're going to say thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to the No Defender. And thank you to the Italian Stallion himself. We got Kevin Cage joining us on the show tomorrow. Johnny, cue up that music, my friend. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Hey.